Ooh. Ooh, liar. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh my god. Happy 9-11. Happy 9-11! Oh my god. 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 Oh Yay! <laughs> this is my feel-good morning music for 9 <laughs> Oh my god! This is hilarious. The Tony Blair mask with blood on his hands. <laughs> wow, bloody bush handshake. <laughs> now that David Diaz is dead, we have to protect Martin Nooks. He's the, he's the last hope. It's true, it's true. How are people gonna understand... Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Justice? Question mark. Oh. <laughs> oh no. It's fucking true. This one. Danger still at large. <laughs> so like the other. You know, Martin Oak's songs are pretty like they're they've got like you know problematic elements for sure. Like, um, <laughs> but this one I love because it's like the most <laughs> cathartic and true. Yeah, yeah, I like an unconflicted, uh, just like feel good. Gather around the gather around the music, you know. Right. Yeah, and. Because, like, that's the thing that we've talked about, you know, on this show before, is that a lot of these conspiracy guys are on the right track to, like, identifying the ruling class. They just make a few wrong turns. Yeah. Getting there. <laughs> I could kill more people than you. No, I can't. <laughs> uh, and these songs are so catchy. Like, I'm sorry, I love XTC. I love like British pop music. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's so melodic. It, yeah, it's so melodic and tight. <laughs> Do you want to play Building 7 too? Oh my god, yeah. Just well, to get us started on a good foot. Yeah, sure, we'll play that on the. Oh, wait, <laughs> we're recording! <laughs> 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 That's awesome. I fucking had to. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Oh, here we go. Here we go, babies. <laughs> Building seven up in the house. There's a million ways to tell I don't Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. His green screen is like really, really thought out, you know? <laughs> it's good. There's some really good effects in it. Um, there's a this part where he's in the Matrix. It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh no! 
God, how many things are related to the Reichstag? Honestly, <laughs> people can't get enough. They're like, <laughs> everything is the Reichstag. We're just going down and down. I mean, it's like the Nazis weren't defeated. They were absorbed. So it's not the... Oh yeah, that's why they just they use it's like they keep recreating the Reichstag because they only have one tactic. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, what do it's like a seasonal thing. It's more like, oh it's Reichstag time again. They're like, oh it's tradition. Yeah. What <laughs> are we gonna burn now? Oh. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, what's up with this? I love that, like, Building 7 is just... It's, like, the thing we can all agree on. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. No, but for real. What was... What hit that? <laughs> Nothing. What did it just go down? And why was it filled with CIA shit? <laughs> Come on. Who doesn't remember having that talk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we have to like reach all these folks that are like this obsessed with like, you know, uh, you know, being extremely critical of the State Department line. Like this should be a project of the left to reach these folks. Like I think. Like, like reach all of the cranks. Yeah. Like, these oh my gosh. Cranks unite. I want the cranks to unite legit. I do. Yeah. Like, um, I think like someone like Alex Jones, like who he gained a following by like criticizing some real shit. And then, you know, they just throw in the, the reactionary and racist insane shit and homophobic, of course, like it, it it's, they they take you know they take it in the total wrong direction i don't know i've been i was talking to some folks in um in my tenants union who like you know they were they're frustrated with like this developer who is jewish and they like are frustrated because they don't want to be accused of being anti-Semitic. They're like, why is it all these Jewish people coming into our neighborhood and doing this to us? So like, and it's like, they, they're folks who I think could easily be like, there are folks like all over who can easily be swayed into believing like an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory rather than a ruling class conspiracy uh, that is real, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think it's it's kind of difficult for people to rally around the ruling class uh, conspiracy because they've also grown up relating to like the media victories of the ruling class. So they're like, you know, it's 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 like all the people who still believe that Elon Musk is an inventor, right? Yeah. They're, they're going to be like, well, no, he's special, dude. That's like why he has money. And that's, he's allowed to shoot a Tesla car <laughs> into space because he has a Tesla car. Like, 
you know, we have to, we have to become extra and then we can get a Tesla car and then we can shoot it into space. And then you figure out something after that, but you know, don't touch them. There are, there are precious babies. Yeah, no, that's legit. Yeah. I've definitely like talked to people in my life, like, you know, who are on snap, who like are sort of just in the margins and they're like, love Elon Musk. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. frustrating. And it's, it's real. I mean, and there's also the thing of like, um, I mean, there's the entertainment value that, I mean, the wealthy have like ensured that, you know, reality TV would be something for them to, uh, I don't know, to just sort of sensationalize the wealthy lifestyle. Yeah, it's like a way of like playing interference, like even Trump too, like he acts like, you know, the, he's just like the, yeah, the most like, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like people call it like tacky or whatever, but it's like that all of those, like, you know, beautiful boaters who love him, like you know, <laughs> live, live a similar lifestyle. And like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's it's, you can find him tasteless. And of course that has been well-documented as sort of like, you know, a, that's a snobby take because he's all like, Hey guys, we just like burgers. Right. And we just really hate it when people tell us what to do. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm the worry. president who won't be told what to do. Ah, oh, yeah. shit. There's, I mean, he's like a, he's a hero to the, to the, his base. Yeah. There, you know, these are like folks who are like, yeah, I want to, I want to buy a second boat. So, um, I've, I'm, I hate taxes and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Yeah. And there's all this cognitive dissonance too. Like, you know, we're talking about how conspiracy theories are able to propagate where it's like, everything is diverted. And in this country, we basically just hate poverty. So right. you could be like, you could be in like the Latinx community and you could be like, no, Trump doesn't hate anyone from Latin American countries. Um, Trump just hates poor people. And so do I, I don't right. want to be poor. So I'm going to go ahead and support his platform. Like it's so weird. It's so weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, like, like we, like we talked about recently too, like, you know, the, the people who are going to be deciding the election are these people. Like it is like they've, they've, they've like, rigged basically the the electoral college in a way and like and vote and suppressed enough like it it poor neighborhoods in a way that like really the only people deciding the election are these like you know uh suburban freaks you know yeah. <laughs> on both left and right <laughs> and it's and it's really wild because it's like you know, at this point now, something like 8% of all Americans have a favorable view of QAnon. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, I saw that they were they were doing data on QAnon stuff. Yeah, because it's, tur it's turned into such an all-pervasive um, kind of, like, I don't know, crowdsourced platform mm -hmm. where, where we get to say, oh, well, okay, everyone agrees that pedophilia is bad. How do we like identify that and then build a politics around that? They built a grassroots <laughs> movement around like save the children hashtag. Like yes. they've, they've done it. Like they, 
they show up, they protest. Like it's uh it's unclear what it's getting besides like interference for um real like a- like actual um abuse and and shit, but they're well, out there. Yeah, I mean it's definitely decimating whatever is left of the democratic base because it's it's mostly like you know all these disgusting liberals who are you know elites just going from island to island picking up children and trafficking them (laughs) for their nefarious ends like Somehow Republicans um, are never that never they're around, <laughs> but they're not responsible. <laughs> Even though there are like multiple Republican senators who like are like documented rapists, like <laughs> yes, oh my god, I think some of the QAnon people realize it's both parties. I I do think some of them realize it, um, and they think like. Cause like, I think some of them like, cause I, I, when I, when I browse the fucking hashtags as I, as I want to do, cause I have um, a, a brain problem where I seek this stuff out. Oh, you're just curious. It's all right. It's for your studies. <laughs> it's for my studies of like deranged people. Uh, cause I'm also deranged. Um, no, no, nah, nah, dude, you're, you're sane, man. You got the truth. <laughs> I got the truth. I, yeah, the, the water is turning the freaking frogs gay and it's good actually is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's my the, the narrative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, just switch the value judgments. <laughs> yeah. But uh, a lot of them, you know, don't, don't like the, they, it's like the, the, you know, whatever critique of the establishment, like they don't really like uh, Mitch McConnell. They don't really like um, some of those guys. Yeah. Either some, but you know, a, a lot of it is very con- conveniently a right wing project on, you know, intentionally because right. that's like, who's um, disseminating the messages. Like, you know, it, I mean, but, but nobody likes Moscow Mitch. I, I mean, he's, that's... he's a he's a defector. He's a he's a fucking traitor to the nation. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but that is something you know that's that that is on the rise, right? Like the the far right tr- trying to like utilize popular um, politics or class even class politics. Like the um, the New York Post is. Uh, you know, running a headline on all of the like white privileged um, protesters busted for rioting in Manhattan, you know? Oh, right. Like that type of shit. It's the new thing. Um, yeah. It's uh, frustrating um, that it, and it, it's working on um, the liberals too, of course, because then the liberals spin a whole yarn being like well these these white people are not part of the protest they're different like and they play right into it and that's like biden's whole thing too oh god i I, i'm i'm seeing it as like so there's such a satisfaction to uh kind of participating in conspiracy communities where everybody 
like we've documented, like everybody gets a portion of the truth and puts it together and then kind of cobbles the rest of the story out of these fantastical elements. But maybe if we take this as a given, like a given state of mind that uh, as our, um, as our country just the power structures disintegrate and like conspiracy takes over and oligarchs and privatized organizations just like move in to fill spaces and like just keep all of their moves secret and then they like heighten more and more conspiracies maybe in this state we could start like putting out some leftist sort of uh I don't know, something in the vein that is like, well, actually, um, you know, these leftist organizers are angels and, um, yes. and, and they, they were sent by God. Yeah, it's like, yeah, something like we've got to just start getting real woo woo with everything. Yes. I'm just, yeah. Bring, bring a new occultism to the left and um, and we can just start getting real pagan with it. I don't know. Yes. Oh, let's, let's read what the New York Post has to say about these, um, the so-called revolutionaries who were busted for riot riding oh, um, <laughs> at, at a new African Black Panther Party rally, took a break from their yacht club lives and modeling careers to be part of the mayhem. Wow. These seven, quote, comrades, including wealthy Upper East Sider Clara Crabber, had their mugshots tweeted out by the NYPD Wednesday, literally like doxing them, putting like a hit on them and their families. Um, days after their arrests for smashing storefront windows in the Flatiron District, um, they were cuffed during a protest organized by the Panthers and the revolutionary abolitionist movement groups condemning the death of Daniel Perdue, who was killed while in custody in the Rochester Police Department in March. Um... Aside, uh, aside from Kraber, the redhead daughter of an architect and child psychiatrist with a second home in Connecticut, five others um, arrested appear to also come from privileged backgrounds, leading one police source to call their actions the height of hypocrisy. Wow. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, no solidarity. Yeah, no such thing. It, and it's not like these, you know, it's something that I've pointed out was the, a lot of these folks like are, you know, we're pursuing careers and things that are just like completely decimated post COVID. Like there aren't events, there aren't like, enter, like, you know, enter the entertainment industry is like grinding to a halt. There's like, you know, Oh yeah. But there's a, Hey, worry not. There are raves in Washington <laughs> square park and these raves are, um, against trump well whatever works do you want me to read the rest to you uh <laughs> yeah hit me uh, i it's, i think it's interesting to to, figure, to see how the fucking post is you know uh, the post is basically an, a wing of the fucking nypd trying to push this shit yeah um, I, I mean it's interesting i've just been reading ProPublica all morning about cops so <laughs> yeah, they're because they're the other side. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones who are trying to release the, um, you know, the cop records. But yeah, I was but reading I about. Um, did you did you read about McCormack? 
I don't think so. Yeah, there's specifically, they're trying to target this one guy right now who was, uh, he was promoted, like, over and over and over again. And now he's in somewhat of a high level in the NYPD. He, he, um, but the thing is, he still acts like he's on the beat. Like once you reach a level of management in NYPD, usually people are like, oh, you know, I deal with the back end of things. I'm not really like trying to take on the perps or whatever. But this guy keeps going out on the beat and like molesting men. Oh my God. And there's been, um, there's been like 26 accounts or something of uh, citizens trying to bring up what he's doing unlawfully and it all gets heard by this branch of the NYPD that is basically the human relations. Um, and, but then the commissioner has to sign off on it and the, and the commissioner is like, hi, what's up? I'm corrupt. <laughs> no. Yeah. If, if, if that's the thing with the commissioner and the, and the police union is like, if they, if they allow one one psycho rapist, serial rapist, and, or, and serial br- brutality person, like, to get charged, then it's going to open up a huge slew of cases against their entire force, and they fucking yeah. know it. And so, and so this kind of narrative is pitted against the, the narrative that's being crafted now of the protesters, so that it's just exactly. sowing more division of, like oh, well, I don't know. I mean, these cops are here to protect us because I I believe that since I didn't read this ProPublica thing, like... No, because people read the post. They don't read ProPublica. They read the fucking post. Yeah, exactly. They they read about this guy. So here's here's one. Maybe it sounds familiar to you. It definitely sounds familiar to me. Um, Frank Furmister, 30, of Stuyvesant Heights, charged with rioting and possession of a graffiti instrument um, is a freelance art director who's designed ads for Joe Coffee and has also worked for Pepsi, Samsung, um, among other high-profile brands. And they post his LinkedIn and um, a show of his. So they're literally doxing him, putting a hit on his life. Um, he studied fine arts with a concentration in photography at Florida State College in Jacksonville, according to his LinkedIn. Well, is it a hit or are they just saying he's really cool? this that guy rocks he's against the nypd that's cool to me man yeah do you think that it, he put this on his i'm CV? gonna go check out your linkedin I, I would put this shit on my cv i would be like yeah i gotta write up in the post yeah exactly <laughs> <For> my art <laughs> yeah it's all how you look at it it's perspective and you know as we go further down the tubes as long as this stuff isn't enforced i mean i guess now he's a he's got a target on his back from the cops but and then they go on to talk about an, um, an accomplished musician they like talk to her mom she's performing in local theater groups wow um, oh my gosh yeah it's a nice art write-up if you look at it that way yeah <laughs> look at all these interesting artists and their their newest um what is what do they call again social practice Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. It it really invigorated me. I felt like my generation is finally coming into the moment. Um unfortunately that power comes uh from the fact that we're the ones being hunted and killed. Very true. Mhm. Um 
Let's see. She has been charged with rioting and did not respond to a request for comment. Um, and then another another person they profile is a model. <laughs> um, uh, enjoys hiking, photographing. Um, she she believes beauty can be found everywhere and in everybody. You just gotta look around. She sounds great. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like, what's this article trying to do? <laughs> Oh, I think I, you know what? I don't like models anymore because they, they like justice. It's fucked up, dude. You guys, we got to stop, stop looking at ads. Yeah. And then the last kid that they profile is a 20 year old, um, who is the son of like famed comic book writers. And they, and they, they plug his comic book, uh, Netflix adaptation shows at the end. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, this is an interesting write-up about some interesting people doing some interesting stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take it. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> unless they tell you how to feel about it, then <laughs> it's what I'll roll with. I mean, they are. They are like Because it's like inside the privileged lives of the protesters busted for rioting in Manhattan. Like, in, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, it's like, they are trying to like do a class politics. They are trying to be like, look at these kids just, you know, with their, you know, their whatever lifestyles, like, and it's like, okay, so they're all like working. So like, think about it, like in, in terms of post COVID, like none of these kids are getting work. Like this is like, <laughs> yeah. Failure of like, there's no jobs. Like, like, uh, over 50% of people under 35 in the United States are living with their parents. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a horrendous mess, and and fifty percent of people in the city are facing evictions. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's really it's yeah. Go down the line, one of two, one of every two people is facing something horrendous, and we're just making like a vilification out of media workers. I don't yep. Know. <laughs> it's not Sweet. real jobs classic it's not real jobs and like you know yeah who knew that our platform on this podcast would start to become so valuable again as <laughs> as we've we've tried to um stably comment on the nature of uh you know unpaid labor in the arts it's like we're gonna go back to it maybe <laughs> my god yeah, it it's it's so wild because you know the other the other big thing going on right now in New York is um the teachers. Yes. And they what oh, was it? Oh god. 17 yeah. cases? Yes. Did yes. I did. Yeah, it's like um actually this morning it was 16 and then it switched to 17 as oh. I found another one today. But then <laughs> It was crazy because the contact tracing programs are saying, oh, well, you know, we've identified these cases and we dealt with it immediately. So there's absolutely no reason to panic or change anything. <laughs> it's like, what? Are you, are you kidding? We're supposed to, we're supposed to wait until there are no new cases before we open things up. And we're just going from opening also museums. Yeah. And we're going back to indoor dining. Insane. And then, and then did you see that Cuomo floated a, like, um, what was it? A 40,000 cop, uh, 
uh, task force to <laughs> try yes. to enforce indoor time. Yeah, it's gonna be so cool. Oh, another <laughs> another really fun one. Um, Cuomo also just put through. I mean, De Blasio. I, I don't know the both of them. They're fucking gonna fine uh, and people through the MTA uh, fifty dollars for not wearing a mask. Oh yeah, very yeah, great. Well, the MTA really needs the money, so yeah, exactly, uh. <laughs> exactly. Oh, the MTA is suffering because they've embezzled so much they can't afford <laughs> to keep open. The like outgoing. The outgoing uh, MTA commissioner guy, he like left. He like le- he fucked off like months ago, and he, and he got like some huge severance deal out, out of the whole thing. Like it's f- so fucking insane. It's yeah, it's amazing. The other um, the other nine eleven thing I wanted to mention today, I forgot earlier, was that we spend. $60 million, the city, that's our taxpayer money, spends $60 million a year maintaining the 9-11 memorial. Yes. <laughs> it's so insane. And, they're, and meanwhile, they're, uh, they, they just have allowed the first responders to just die in agony without any health care. Oh, yeah. There are, and there are also 1,300 first responders who were... Um, in 9-11, like, cleaning up, saving people, doing all that, getting, like, lung diseases from this. And they're, they're confirmed with COVID, and there are more who have died. Um, so there's a there's a program going on exactly. today to bring awareness to all of the people who were, I mean, you know, in some cases they were handed, like, a meager reparation for uh doing this crisis work after the towers fell, but their lives were completely destroyed. Their health is not recoverable. And now they're getting sick because they've had to keep working. Yep. And it's just like, yeah, um, that's what I mean. Dying in agony. Like they're folks who should be able to live the rest of their life taken care of. And instead they are long suffering, like dying way younger um, without, cause of, cause they had lack of healthcare that they were promised. <laughs> they were yes. promised. Yes. Uh, and it, you know, and we just, we had to take care of the pretty lights and the fountain uh, instead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Cause we need that fucking uh, tourism money. That's how this whole thing uh, goes. And, uh, you know, they know they have to like recharge up the masquerade and get that money back flowing. Uh, the the problem is it's not fooling anyone. It's yeah. such a, it's a completely useless gesture because you have to actually get people to go then consume, to go then do tourism. They're not going to fucking do it. <laughs> like I know. Look at Florida. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. I mean, honestly, though, I feel like. You could, um, you could do, a, like, hey, I'm the 9-11 memorial, and, <laughs> and I've got little googly eyes on, and I'm here to talk to you, middle America. I'm real lonely without you coming to visit, <laughs> and, um, I just think, like, if you sent me 20 bucks, it would make me feel less lonely. 
Okay, well, you know, think about it. <laughs> Buy a t-shirt, okay? Buy a t-shirt. I love you. I'm a 9-11 memorial. Like a ma- like a mascot. That, that's how like Japanese tourism works. Is they have like mascots <laughs> everywhere. Like yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Mondo mascot. Yeah. The- oh my god, that'd be so crazy. It's just like a black square. It's just a pit, and like the sound of rushing water. It's like come, come on, give me, give me a dollar. <laughs> It's like a, an anthropomorphic piece of like charred rub, like rubble. Oh my god, this is so good! S- somebody, please draw this. I'm losing my mind. Because um, <laughs> what can you do other than fucking laugh at just how fucking completely horrible everybody is like the 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 fucking even the patriots like uh, you know if a if a patriot uh conservative guy happened to listen to us talk like this and is like oh so disrespectful um or like yeah like you know you yeah. think people get but it's like look what are you doing for them like what are you fucking doing like like uh, what put, are your guys doing i put a little flag <laughs> In on my dashboard of my SUV, and I fucking look at it and I think that the troops are important. I just I look at it and I think about troops and I really think <laughs> really hard and my one of my hands goes down somewhere else and then I just keep thinking Ew, no, no. <laughs> about how beautiful the troops are. Don't do sex magic on the troops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's more healthy than a lot of these people's sex lives actually are. It's yeah. giving them too much credit. Oh, God. Yeah, I, honestly, calling all their wives mother. <laughs> Wait, did you watch The Boys? <laughs> no, I, I only should. saw that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just got an internet connection. So, basically, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm back at, at Luddite levels. But, um... I saw on Twitter that everyone is going nuts over the boys. The boys are great. I read the boys in college. Um, yeah. So I, 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 uh, I'm already familiar with Garth Ennis. I've read most Garth Ennis comics. Um, and that type of like bombastic fucking over the top, <laughs> like ultra violence shit um does get really tiring and i thought i got over it when i was in my early 20s um but (laughs) now now it has a tv show and i i guess just given how insane everything is it is a very cathartic show to watch yeah i get people people (laughs) were kind of having difficulty with the alt-right character literally stormfront yeah exactly stormfront is um is is evil and bad and people are triggered this is what i've got (laughs) yeah i think like people who aren't familiar with the comic um uh thought like like i think they're under the impression that some of the heroes are redeemable but like the whole point of the comic is that none of these heroes are redeemable all cops are bastards type thing yeah um and uh, so they're like, when a new character is introduced, they're like, oh, maybe she's actually good. And it's like, well, that's kind of the point. Like, and that's kind of the whole point of the alt-right too, right? It's like, 
well, they're just telling it like it is. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm just here trying to level with you, man. You know, in, in a twisted, mixed up world, you need someone like me to just say, you know, some people are human and some people aren't. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like like trans people, refugees, etc. Like, yeah. Oh, basically anyone who doesn't look like a perfect little cookie cutter McMansion yeah exactly and and so it is it's it's a cathartic show in the sense that like or it's like a it's nice on my brain to think that like oh perhaps there is this group of like sophisticated vigilantes who are actually trying to undo this um like to who are actually like brave enough to take on this extreme like incomprehensible um like terroristic power that the cops have yeah um and like even more so when they're also superheroes uh you know who can like li- like can hear everything you say and like um you know could surveil every street block you know through the buildings with their x-ray vision and like it's like because like it's it's in real life like the surveillance and military industrial complex are so daunting and overwhelming so like as it is but it's cool to see this show where it's even worse in their world somehow (laughs) and there's still people taking it on like that's a very cathartic thing i think for a lot of people yeah okay here is a conspiracy angle for our conspiracy episode (laughs) we're back on it happy 9-11 everybody cheers it's 9-11 had to do another conspiracy episode um yeah right hey that's where (laughs) art thrives um it's like what if you were an artist but for reality uh okay there's there's something really weird about how uh, media addresses our current climate where it's like, oh, hey, are you guys having a bunch of big old protests about cops and stuff? Is that really on your mind? Well, here's a TV show. We were producing it this whole time and now it's out, like, and it's it's just ready for you. Like, here you go. It's, it's like, like a pacifying thing. Well, no, I'm like, how do, how do they time these things so well? Mm-hmm. Like, is, it, is there a media push that they're like, okay, so we're slated to set the boys on mm. everybody in 2020. Um, can we just get, like, a ramp up of police violence? And can we just, <laughs> can we just get, like, some lead time here um, so that, like, when the show drops, there's, like, a lot of sensationalism? Well, I've, it's, it is the type of thing, too, where it came out last year, and then now this is the second season. So it's like maybe they were yeah. hanging on to the second season to drop it in a moment like this, which is <laughs> extremely cynical, but probably true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did see some takes going like, <laughs> wait a minute, you guys did this on purpose, didn't you? I mean, it is Amazon, and they're, they're also, they. I think doing, like, like the the Jack Reacher shit is definitely kind of like the new twenty four as far as like right wing propaganda, yeah, and anti communist and it's propaganda media thing is the the that Jack Reacher shit, and that's all on Amazon too. So wouldn't put it past them. So bizarre. But I know the boys like you know they'd um, been having trouble making a 
a, a television show of for for years and years um because like yeah the reason like Simon Pegg is in it was like in the in the comics like the main character is based on Simon Pegg and they wanted Simon Pegg to play him but that was like you know 15 years ago or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we don't want to pay for the CGI to like change his age <laughs> well yeah so instead they have him play the dad which is very cute oh yeah uh, there's still a place for you old man <laughs> Well, it's, it's also he's a huge fucking movie star now. Like it was like back when that comic was out, it was like, oh, we like him in space. So yeah. <laughs> um, God, comic books. <laughs> I know. I'll I'll have to watch the show so that I can be better informed. I think it's worth watching, especially like as an antidote to like. I don't know if you have like Marvel people in your lives, but I'm like so sick of like the marvel shit i'm so sick of that shit (laughs) i like hate watching all kinds of superhero things yeah i mean that's fine like like watching the yeah watching the the popular stuff and and getting mad at it is like a fun thing to do in itself i get it i mean i watched all the shitty star wars in theater and they're they're terrible oh god (laughs) no yeah no 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 stop there Um, yeah, I also watched, I've just been watching stuff, <laughs> like trying, but I, I don't know. That's my, but basically what I've been doing is watching media again. Cause for a while I was reading. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Don't do that either. Honestly, just put your head in a bag. Um, I've been watching one piece. Oh, where are you yeah. at? Okay. I'm, I'm almost at the end of the first season. Well, what arc is that? And basically, okay, so the Marines have come back in. Okay. And they've introduced the guy who can turn himself into smoke. Smoker. Yeah. Tashiki. He's terrifying. So you haven't met, so this is the first time you met a devil fruit user whose body can become something else, right? Yes. So yeah. yeah, 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 and smoke. So smoker becomes smoke. Yeah. So and that's like yeah, that's a that becomes like a a type of devil fruit user. You'll see. Yeah. So smoker. Uh, yeah, he's he's hunting he's hunting Luffy's uh, ship now, and um, they just also rescued the little girl named Apis. Oh, I don't okay. remember her. Okay, so Apis is also a devil fruit uh, e- user. user. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she she ate a whisper fruit, and so mm-hmm. now she can talk to uh, every living creature, and she formed this psychic connection with a legendary dragon. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, so she's like, please help me save this legendary dragon. Um, you know, it it's it's a very special, meaningful creature. We've gotta do this thing. I've been stealing pork buns and feeding them to the dragon and it's not enough. (laughs) So wait, did you finish Alabasta? Um no, 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 you couldn't have. Never mind. Yeah. No. Uh, 
Sorry. Yeah, no, that's cool. They're foreshadowing a lot of shit that comes later. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I'm excited for all this to ramp up. Um, but yeah. Oh, also. Uh, well, let's see. Wait, there was some there was some more. Um, there was a cooking episode where Sanji uh, is is greeted by a very fantastical lady cook named Carmen. <laughs> And Carmen is like, I'm the best cook in the East Blue. And everyone says, you're the best cook. So now we're going to have a cook-off. Oh, my God. Yeah. It sounds like a filler app to me, but I'm sure oh, it's it fun. Yeah, no, no. It was, it, <laughs> basically, everyone was having um, solo adventures. Okay. So Interesting. Sanji had a solo adventure where they just had a cooking like a cook-off yeah. nice and, it was, and it was completely adorable because other than that um it's like you know people are getting people are starting to get killed a lot more <laughs> right yeah it, it, it does ramp up quite yeah. significantly yeah the death toll it is getting a little bit high and then they were like hey why don't we break and we'll just Have it, oh fun. it's cute look at them they're just they're just doing their thing um, yeah. Well, even in the manga and and like in the the canon stuff, like I I think they do a good job of like having some levity between arcs. Like I always like the episodes when they're just like in the ship, hanging out, and yeah, yeah, and and they meet they meet some people or like whatever. Um, I I like those arcs when they're just sailing, or it's like kind of like interlude between arcs or something. Yeah, yeah, the downtime when they're just hanging out, having some food, making some jokes. I see. So you finished Arlong Park, and then, yeah, it's foreshadowing another arc. Yeah. That you're about to start, which is yeah. a really cool one. They're yeah, they're on their way to the Grand Line. Yep, the end of yeah, because they're right now they're in East Blue. And the, yeah. the world is separated by a, a big line of, of rocks. Yes. And they, the only way to traverse between them is, is via the Grand Line. And the Grand Line um, is, is buffered by two bands where the sea is dead. Or like the, it's like the calm zone. Where oh, there's yeah. there's no wind, so they got stuck in the they got stuck in the doldrums, and then all of these giant sea monsters came out. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a cool part. Yeah. Oh my god, terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, that's um, so is, beautiful. It's wow. a wonderful show. There's so much that's happening. It really, yeah, there really is a lot, and it's so much world building and. Um, I just love it. I love how it works. I love every time they go to a new island, it's, um, yeah, it's a whole new thing. Like all, all like, you know, a whole new type of people to learn about. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And they really, they really are excellent at building the logic of each island and what the motivation is of people who exist there. So it just builds like, an island politics. Yeah. And then, and then within those politics, you get to see how individuals interact to maintain that system. And it's so like subtly intelligent 
that like you know each place has these differences and yeah yeah yeah, and it depends on like what they're fighting and what they're fighting and defending themselves from changes how they build their towns and i don't know it just it's really smart (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah and you're already yeah you're already picking up on that and that don't that only becomes like more clear and like and you think like yeah like what is this group doing what is this group doing and you find out like all of that shit as you as it keeps going you know yeah and you find out that the marines are just crazy corrupt oh my god yeah the marines are awful and uh uh yeah you also you also find out about some yeah some really interesting political groups (laughs) in the world um and and like yeah different there's also different racial dynamics in the in the show that's like kind of yeah it's not the best addressed but it's pretty interesting um especially later in the series like um it's it, I'm, i mean it when it's like no stone unturned like if you feel a little weird after arlong park yeah the fish uh, people supremacists really yes. set the tone <laughs> But then, you know, all that shit comes back around later in the series. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, I just fucking love it. The, I'm, I'm keep resisting the urge not to talk about the, the latest arc in, in more detail because it's so, it gets really good. It gets so good. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll let, we'll let the, we'll let yeah. the, viewers the people who know know. the people who know know what i'm talking about um (laughs) uh, yeah that's right if you know you know it's true Uh, i wanted to bring up something speaking of politics and different groups Mm. uh so there is something i've been noticing happening which is kind of i don't know i wanted to ask your take on it Mm. there are all of these different groups of artists online, um, they're kind of becoming increasingly more, um, you know, publicly political. And it's really interesting to me to see, um, like, the spectrum unfolding or being unveiled. And, like, see, you know... I've been seeing people's paintings and I've, you know, whatever they're making. And then I see everyone posting like, well, you know what? I can't be quiet about this anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to really raise my voice. Cause you know, it's not enough for me to just be an artist. I've also got to, I've got to make my politics available for my fans. And it'll be something like, um, you know, without attaching any names, there are people who are going off right now about how we need in-person voting. Oh, great. And it's just, and it's so strange because it's like, there are people and, you know, they have like thousands of followers, tens of thousands of followers, not a super lot, you know, artists, they're always on this, like the lower end of the public spectrum. It's not like reaching millions of people. Um, but they're saying things like, you know, enough is enough. We can't be talking about, um, mail-in ballots anymore. We've got to get to the polling stations. We've got to get out there, you guys. And it's like, 
I, I don't know why everyone feels like they need to take up the mantle when it's, it's like, you don't, <laughs> you don't. No. <laughs> you don't have to say that kind of stuff. No, you really don't. I, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I, I, I don't know what, like, <laughs> as far as like artists go, it just feels like, it just feels like the, the whole industry is completely unmoored. Um, and it's not like, you know, with the, with the museums reopening, won't, won't they just close again, even if they do reopen? Yeah, exactly. It's we're, we're facing this kind of mathematical probability that we have seen occurring in like Italy and Israel. And, you know, I mean, any place where they kind of half-heartedly tried to quarantine people and just gave up. But then there's, you know, places like Brazil that's just sort of been a steady incline and, you know, it's not going away. This issue is not changing. So we're going to see like all of the people advocating for public gatherings. Um, It's, you know. And I still haven't seen like these folks who are like so obsessed with voting answer like, well, look at look at these extremely blue areas look at new york city like the whole reason we got de blasio in there was because like folks have been you know fighting against police brutality for decades and they thought that this guy with a black family running on this rhetoric was actually going to be helpful like that's why he won and he's done fucking nothing so it's like what do you even what do you even expect for that? Like, like, look, like I'm, like I'm serious. People should look at Florida, the, um, the, the that documentary, the Florida Project. Um, uh, there's like a an update to that shit. Um, meaning people living in, uh, like dilapidated motels. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, people cobbling together like, uh money for uh to 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 keep the power on to keep these acs running like elderly people who are like about to die with with utility shutoffs like in these dilapidated motels like all over fucking florida whose like economy is largely contingent on international tourism like and i mean it's it's kind of resembling something that we're dealing with here, which is it's, it's not only like a regional issue that people are put in these temporary housing situations and then neglected. Like we're going through an issue now where it was like all of the unhoused people in New York were put up in these hotels and motels and such. The and, side. Yeah, exactly. And NYCHA, uh, I mean, sorry. Um, there was like a bunch of, reports of like how to track these people as like NIMBYs are just pushing them out into the streets and just like disappearing them. Yep. 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 It's, um, it's brutal. Like it, it, like I'm going to post this, this Washington post piece about Florida. Um, because it's, it's not that much different than what's happening here and happening everywhere. Um, soon like it's the, this is the collapse of 
<laughs> this is what happens when an economy collapses. And like we to 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 put all of your like, I gotta say something. Yeah. Everybody foot. It's just a slap in the face to all of these folks. How are how are the unhoused gonna be able to fucking vote when they don't have an address? They have no voice at all. Exactly. And, and like you you're entering an era where 50% of people are facing homelessness. Um, that's a huge chunk of people who are completely disenfranchised. Exactly. So it does <laughs> fucking nothing. Like it's nothing. And but I, I think it's like, it's like this attitude is particularly pervasive in the areas of culture where the people that are practitioners don't necessarily understand what it's like to have limited resources like this. And it's like, um, okay, this isn't, this isn't like a radical gesture to save the country. This is just like a really loud way to drown out any way of um addressing yeah the our our ails yeah um it's it's also like the the you know i don't want to say like how do i want to say this like some people are complicit in the system that um cleans up fucking you know uh poor people from wealthy areas it's in their best interest to remove homeless people from the picture um because they want to attract these wealthier people to um you know to restart a lot of like the the gigs that they're used to getting um and if the wealthy people um, you know, are are working are are you know against the shelter in the Upper West Side? Um, like if they're afraid that those wealthy people are going to leave and they won't have a gig anymore, then they're going to side with them. You know, <laughs> it's not. And so, yeah, maybe yeah. some of, maybe for some of them, voting is all that matters to them. Maybe a, a, having a Democrat in the in the seat like does equal a paycheck for them is part of an, a political economy that works for them in whatever way, you know, I don't yeah. know. I, you know, I don't know either, but, uh, along these lines, uh, I, I have a, a announcement, um, that is it's for the Bushwick area. So a little bit, you know, a little bit further East and South of what we're talking about on the Upper West Side. But, uh, we have an important update from Bushwick Ayuda Motira. Um, Mutual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so important update. As other food pantries have been closing, our requests for assistance have grown beyond our current capacity. We have backlog. We have a backlog of 600 plus requests, so we must temporarily close our intake for new requests until September 18th, 2020. We are looking to implement long-term sustainable models, and we want to explore every possible avenue. Um, share your ideas with us. And also, um, so yeah, this uh, Bushwick Ayuda Mutua 
mutual aid Bushwick um, is looking for people to help um, to get food to everyone in the area. Um, and I'm sure that wherever you are, there's a mutual aid network that could also use some volunteers. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 it's not just Bushwick. So Ridgewood across the border. Um, we've been working directly with, um, with the Bushwick mutual aid to find a way to, um, to transition our, mutual aid project which is like currently focused a lot on food into eviction defense um yeah. not that we're not doing food anymore but like we want to cement to into people that like it's not like it's not just a food mutual aid network like it's also a tenants union yeah it's um, all connected and as well like yeah. and it's all to- it's all part of mutual aid it's all right yeah. exactly and so yeah there's a lot of efforts um happening in this in that area right now to um to try to 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 try to build bolster a a serious like eviction blockade group and um that's all like yeah if if folks want to get involved on the on the ridgewood side i mean feel free to hit me up just to say like that is really difficult work in some cases because doing eviction blockades means a lot of the times that you are like a human wall in between cops uh, and like eviction crews coming into people's houses and forcefully removing them in a lot of cases. Um, But I will say if there are these like, you know, 20, 30 year olds who are willing to put themselves out there, um, you know, and fight against the cops and get arrested yeah. doing it in an eviction blockade, I think is a lot more power building than just yes. doing it in a vacuum or whatever. Say, um, for example, you are a model or perhaps <laughs> you are a graphic designer, or maybe you have a really cool graphic novel that you dropped and you need some press. Yeah. <laughs> Go to an eviction blockade. I am fucking fine with that self-serving aspect to it. If it's going to get people blockading, you know, I really am. Oh my God. If you are a recent graduate of art school, you have a (laughs) thesis project. You want to get some press, go to a riot, (laughs) go to an eviction blockade, do it. You guaranteed the whole city is going to learn who you are. Oh my God. See, that's it. Like, that's, I think, a way to, for us to reflect what are we doing to actually build power in our neighborhoods? Like, I know we were, you know, we've been trying to build power in our jobs, but I think we have to take a big, sober look about our jobs are not coming back. <laughs> like, I'm well, sorry. Em- employment is constantly shifting. It's <laughs> never, we don't have a, we don't have a model where we can organize on the factory floor because we yes. don't have a factory yes. floor. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to, we have to organize in different ways and more effective ways uh, uh, around universal things that can relate to more people than just ourselves as gig workers or whatever it has to be around unemployment has to be around evictions. Like those are things that are universal, right? Yes. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I think maybe people are starting to, um, put those screws in place. I think that that not everybody's got their fucking ass in in the clouds about voting or <laughs> whatever nonsense. 
Um, I just I just think it's it's fascinating because you know aside from people's ass in clouds and voting <laughs> and such, there are also people who are coming out as sort of conservative. Yeah, you know there there are artists that you might have known and loved, and they are uh, they're like, hey man, I really like Trump. <laughs> Which is so bizarre to me because I, I, I really kind of had this idea of the art world as a bastion of this like progressive attitude and like you could you could find a way to become free here and no it's it's like plagued by the same spectrum of issues as everywhere else and uh, yeah I feel like it, it was always there if you sniffed a little or scratched a little um, but who wants to do that you know. <laughs> No, it's, uh, I I, believe. I mean, it's just bizarre. Yeah, well, a lot of it is that you have to believe in some kind of a way to change the world if you're going to participate in a thing that's this. Yeah, corrupt and fucked up. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, you have to have some blinders on to start the adventure. It's true, and uh, yeah, yeah, yes. It is true. You have to, because then otherwise you're you're impotent. And I, I I feel like I've I've wind up in the in the kind of despondent camp of it sometimes, where I'm just like I've lost all faith. I don't make art anymore. Like I, that's, like, I can't. Oh God! Do, and I can't. God. And I can't do shit. <laughs> oh yeah, that's where that's where I just I I have built a a little <laughs> mental block where I'm like. Well, as long as I'm making my thing, there's hope. No, and, it, and it's good and it's healthy to make things, you know? So you have, there has to be some sort of balance of, of, you know, not being delusional, but also not being, um, uh, what's the word, nihilistic or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I'm, I'm sort of like cobbling this understanding together with um, the reading of that book, uh, Art and Labor by Dave Beach. Oh yeah, so how's that going? Slowly making it through this little press copy, and it's interesting because he started discussing like the uh, the indifference to different modes of artistic labor, and how um, there's like this interchangeability to art. And I was thinking, like, yeah, that's true, man, because on a month to month schedule, you could look at this work that's made by someone who is like a staunch conservative and then you can look at this stuff that's from someone who is like a you know totally revolutionary leftist and then like kind of see that their work is evaluated by the market and then that all of it because of the sort of um the blanket of like fine art productivity that gets laid over it it's like and and you know um it stands outside of handicraft and anything that is um, constructive without being this metaphorical experience. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess I keep thinking about the indifference aspect of it and just how interchangeable it is and how once that becomes normalized, mm-hmm. um, we start to see like everything as a spectacle hub and it's sort of like, Oh, well, what can I do about it? Because that indifference is baked in. Right. 
That makes sense. That make that that makes sense to me. Yeah, that's kind of like what we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, and I don't know. I guess I, I don't really know how to move that forward because it's the morass that we're living in. But I guess like having that different lens to identify the aspects of what where we're coming from. It's like, oh shit, no, this is this is like a I don't know. Something is lighting up there. It's like, yeah, I I, I think. It's it. I think it's a, it's a re a reevaluation of strategy uh, on the organized left needs to occur, um, like desperately, like the type of like working with Democrats shit, like that, that's just gotta go. It's gotta go. I can't deal yeah. with that anymore. And like some serious like reckonings, I think like need to happen with like the the sheer amount of unemployed people, like you know, why aren't we developing a, a political program for them? Like, why, why not? Well, and it is kind of like, if we can take some notes from all of these wingnut right groups that, you know, like Tea Party people who yeah. were able to get so much fundraising done to become a legitimate party, yeah, some people don't want to do the fucking nitty gritty shit, but they have money and a lot of people are unemployed. So like, why aren't we, <laughs> you know? And, and that's, and I think it's like, because leftists so traditionally have an issue with accumulating capital, right. that this is why we don't have like our own federalist society or our own, you know, like um, our own think tanks that produce all of these people that are indoctrinated into um winning at well, it's, all it's costs. de facto becoming patreon <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we're just we're just stuck kind of crowdsourcing our own movements forever as other um ideologies are gaining leverage because they have institutional this, power yeah they have institutional power and yeah. they have like deep coffers and we mm -hmm. are not thinking in the way of like how to actually build a buffer of capital for the stuff that we want to do, like implement a green new deal where we would have to retrofit a lot of our industry. Yep. You know, there is like some serious material changes that we would need to make on the left to make our world sustainable. And we're not like thinking of ways to actually, um, I don't know, cross that boundary that we have where it's like, oh, I don't know. Like, as long as I don't have hands on any money, then I'm clean. <laughs> no, none of I us are know. clean. None of us are clean. Exactly. Exactly. There is no ethical consumption. Period. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That the spot will never clean out. It's all. It'll always be there. <laughs> yeah. But if we think about, I mean, yeah, and it's hard. I, I, of course, like you can listen to any other political podcast about the way that leftists sort of have an aversion to winning. Yeah. But it's it's it is changing. You know, it's I think it's changing, and that, um, I don't know. I mean, the like seeing DSA operate is interesting because there is a lot of this compromise going on. Um, with the way that they're structuring, but they are also kind of putting a little bit of a roadblock up for like complete conservative takeover. 
Um, I mean, it's so like, it's, it's extremely frustrating. I'm not saying that anything is better than anything else. Only like, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to stop. No, we gotta I don't get have it. any answers. I have no answers. We have no answers, only um, observations and shit. But yeah. I oh. hope folks enjoyed it. Yep, here you go. I'm scared if you have a Hey everyone, we have a sponsor today, um, Ovid TV. That's right. Ovid TV, it's a new streaming service that is dedicated to providing content uh, that is exactly the kind of stuff that we talk about on Art and Labor. Um, They have a a bunch of really great documentaries about um, workers, um, history of labor, and the history of uh, cultural uh, endeavors. So we've got we've got one uh, called Art and Oligarchs about the people who um, support the art world. Uh, we've got one called The Hermitage Dwellers. Which, uh, it's a look um, at this prestigious Russian museum from the viewpoint of the people who work there. Um, and we've uh, we've got one on economic justice highlighted. Um, uh, in particular, uh, there's one that's called the Workers' Cup. is about workers inside the labor camps in Qatar who are, are building everything for the World Cup there in 2022. So, you know, if you're interested in sports, oh, you want to see. God. Yeah, there's a lot. There's that a lot going in, on. Qatar. That shit in Qatar is so fucked up. Like, like um, thousands of workers have just been brutally killed by I, that construction. Yes. And so um, Ovid TV, that's O-V-I-D dot TV, is um, bringing us some firsthand accounts of what's going on in labor um, all around the world. So, uh, you know, check them out. They're a streaming service at $6.99 a month. And uh, if you use the promo code LABOR, um, you get 50% off for the first three months. I think that rules because, like, that type of, like, documentary stuff is really hard to find. Like, it's hard to pirate. It's hard to get on other streaming services. Like, where else are you going to get stuff like this, especially if you're a researcher or something, I think it's completely worth it. It's probably something you can write off your taxes. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, check out. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, it's pretty much like, yeah, everyone months ago was saying, oh, maybe this other service is going to be the, um, the leftist Netflix or the socialist Netflix, but it's entirely possible that actually this is the socialist Netflix. We're not sure yet. You know, I, I, Maybe maybe there's several and we got to support these independent ones over like cancel your fucking Disney Plus. What are you fucking doing? Pirate that. Yes. Cancel your Disney Plus. Yes. Idiots. Homies. What's wrong with you? For 6.99 <laughs> a month, you can support these fine folks who are giving you firsthand accounts of what it is like to be a worker internationally. So, all right. Pretty dope. Thank you Ovid. Thank you Ovid.tv promo code labor. Thank you for supporting Art and Labor. Bye. Let's have fun. End of ad. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any updates? Um, Do I? No, it's it's funny you you mentioned the mutual aid stuff. That's like, yeah, that's stuff I've been um, working on with my tenants union. 
Um, we uh, need cars. We need cars for an action on Monday. Um, so I've been trying to reach out to people with cards. Um, but otherwise, um, that's all I've been really doing. And yeah, my update was I watched The Boys this week. Nice. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> doing I've these got meetings. A, I've got a update on constructing the real. Mm. Um, okay. So we are starting up our fall semester slowly but surely. Um, I have appointed two commissars. Ooh. Um, and to be a commissar, this means, um, you know, they are basically presenting their own, um, their own like curriculum. Yeah. So uh, we have different channels that are going to be starting up for different texts, and we're going to try to have like multiple groups running and producing content for each other. Um, so. I mean, it's been difficult to kind of get this off the ground and it's going to take, I think, like a month or so to really get a good flow going. But mm -hmm. um, the next text that we're going to be going over is Against Nature. Um, and uh, it's by Lorraine Daston. Um, and the, it's a short read, easy read, way easier than the last one that we did. Um, it's like about how nature is used as an argument to build political platforms on top of. Mm. So it's like, oh, well, what is the nature of humanity? What is the nature of reason? What is the nature of law? Um, and so we're going to start having some discussions about that. Um, so if anybody is interested in joining us, um, just send us an email at artandlaborpodcast uh, at gmail.com and we can get you plugged in to the groups and we'll be starting up in the next couple of weeks. That's great. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. All right, I'll see everyone soon. Oh, we have a... If you're in Bushwick and Ridgewood, we have a community fridge event tomorrow. Um, that should be fun. Um, that was the other Bushwick-Ridgewood thing. But I guess other than that, um, that's it for plugs. And thanks, everybody. Let's yeah. have fun. Let's have fun. <laughs> Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Lots of fun. Let's have fun. Lots of fun.